I'm reviewing here! Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of I'm Reviewing Here, a podcast where I, Matthew Bussey, watches and reviews all of Sight and Sound's top greatest movies of all time. There are 264 of them, and I'm only on number three from bottom to top. And uh, yeah, it's very exciting. This has been great. I mentioned a little bit in the last episode how I already feel like a true podcaster, and uh, I really, really do. Fun fact, that music you just heard was made by me. Moi. I swear to God. It's like ASMR. Hello in there. I swear to God. No, uh, I'm lying. I, that mu- music was not uh, done by me. No, uh, it is le- legal to use, though. I, I, it is. It's, you know, what did they say? First Amendment? Woohoo. Uh, yes, uh, it is. Uh, I do wish I could play music, though. The piano and the guitar, they seem to be like like the sexiest ones, like the sexiest instruments, I think. But when I was uh, younger, I really wanted to play the viola. Not the violin, but the viola. Because viola, I just, I like that name. And this is like pre she's the man like Viola like I just I don't know or- orchestra or what is it orchestral instruments I really like them except for the cello that just looks like a pain in the ass to 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 you know play with what's it called like what do violinists and cellists do are they swiping left and right is that what they call it yes yeah, swipe left on that note I don't know the viola though I never got to play it uh, my sister's friend brought her broken one to me one time and. Uh, didn't work out at all and I'm still so upset about now uh it didn't work out uh it was very much dead and dying and when I played it it was like yeah I think a window cracked when I played it but anyway it's very late you guys it's 10 o'clock at night when I'm recording this and uh I have to work tomorrow but you know what I have to talk about this next movie because I friggin loved it Sullivan's Travels came out in 1941. It's an American movie. It was released by Paramount Pictures. Amazing movie. Here it is. Take a little listen to this trailer, this very old-fashioned sounding trailer. I'm going to find out how it feels to be in trouble without friends, without credit, without checkbook, without name. Alone. And I'll go with you. How could I be alone if you're with me? Sullivan's Travels, the side-splitting story of a $4,000 a week big shot who turns hobo for experience and gets more than he bargained for. You better drop me at the next corner and take this bus back where you stole it from. Don't talk nonsense. I left a note saying I was taking the car. Or did I? Be nice if you could remember. What do you suppose that is? Well, whatever it is, there's absolutely nothing they can do. Remember that. What did you say? I said there's absolutely nothing they can do. Eh, it's a long trailer. That's all you need to hear. (laughs) Yeah, it is a bit of a long trailer. You know, old movies, I love them because, you know, there really is nothing else like them. They do not, this sounds cliched, they do not make movies like they used to, like the 1940s, 1930s movies, because they they don't. Everything nowadays is so methody and and uh, 
And method. Yeah, method. That's kind of like the best way I can describe it. I mean, I think with older movies, it can get a little bit annoying because everything in older movies is so theatrical. Like the blocking in every movie that I see from, you know, I'd say probably like er the, jeez, I don't even know, like pre-70s even. The blocking and the theatricality of it all, it gets so histrionic sometimes, but you know, it's so fun though. And when I say theatrical, I mean, it's like a play. Like every line that is spoken is seriously, it's like mechanical. Like the way they, the way characters talk to each other, it's like, well, what do you think? I don't know, sir. Oh, well, you tell me. Oh, well, I don't know. I, 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 was, I was just down yonder. And I said, oh, well, 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 how could you do? You know what I mean? It's so quick and back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And they don't make movies like that anymore. And I really wish that uh, people did. I read, there was a movie, uh, George Clooney directed and starred in a movie called Leatherheads. I remember it. Obviously, it did not do very well because uh, no one's heard of it. But I remember he filmed, uh, he, ma he made that movie and it was kind of like an homage to these types of movies. Movies like Sullivan's Travels, you know, uh, but it flopped and it, it wasn't very good. Uh, I watched it on a plane. I remember that. And even on the plane ride, I was like, oh, God, this is not good. Uh, sorry, George. He's made better movies. Yeah, I'd say so. No, I really mean it. I think he has made better movies. Okay, anyway, George Clooney's not in Sullivan's Travels. Sullivan's Travels, though, is actually a very famous, uh, critically acclaimed movie. And I think what's special about it is that, I mean, it is considered a classic, but when people, it, when people mention classic American movies, Sullivan's Travels doesn't really come up. You know, it's always, oh, The Wizard of Oz, Casablanca, Jaws, uh, uh, you know, the King and I, I don't know. Sullivan's Travels, though, doesn't really come up. It's its its kind of an underrated gem, in my opinion, but it is uh, very popular. It's considered by many critics to be one of the best movies ever made. Uh, I don't know if, if, if you remember AFI, the American Film Institute, once a year, I believe it was on CBS, they used to do, you know, AFI's 100 Years, 100 movies, most inspirational movies, most thrilling movies, most romantic movies, blah, 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 blah. They never did a horror one, though, and I was so mad about that. And I'm so mad that these specials are not available to, like, rent, except for the first two specials, the movies and stars from 1998 and 1999, I think. I think they're on DVD. But the other ones aren't on there. But anyway, I mentioned this because Sullivan's Travels is actually on a lot of those lists. It was on... Uh, the Greatest Comedies list that was released in 2000. It was on most inspirational lists, uh, lists, excuse me, singular. That was in 2007, I think, or was it six or was it five? I didn't make this note. I'm sorry. But also, you know, AFI, uh, when they named their top 100 greatest movies again in 2007, because they did a 10-year anniversary, like in 1997, they released the top 100 greatest movies, and then they did it again 10 years later to see if any new movies got added, and this one got added. So it stuck around uh, it, It's with people, you know, all these years later, and I absolutely loved it. I loved it from beginning to end. I'm so glad I saw it, and I recommend it very, very much. So, you know, it's a slapstick comedy. It definitely is a slapstick comedy. Slapstick, if you don't know what that means, it's like Three Stooges. You know, that's like slapstick humor. It's like boing, grr. it's like, you know, pratfalls and 
uh, you know, people falling and people spilling pie on, or, yeah, people spilling pie on themselves or people getting pies in the face, you know, it's always pie. Why is it always pie? Uh, Sullivan's Travels is very much that, you know, the, it was written and directed by this man named Preston Sturges, and he was very famous for doing these over-the-top, you know, silly comedies, but Sullivan's Travels, uh, it, you know, it's very funny, and it has a lot of slapstick moments, uh, but it was very, uh, it was much more different than I thought it, it was going to be. It was a very, very endearing movie. It has a lot of heart, you know? There, there's there's a, a quote in the beginning of the movie when the credits are rolling up. At the end of the credits, there's an actual quote from Preston Sturges before, right before the movie starts. And he says, To the memory of those who made us laugh, the motley mountbanks, I don't know what that word is, the clowns, the buffoons, in all times and in all nations, whose efforts have have lightened our burden a little, this picture is affectionately dedicated. Aww. You see, it's a positive movie. I think that this is a movie about how we all just need a little laughter in our lives because life is hard. Yeah, simple as that. It's 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 that positive a message, and uh, and I think that's what I really enjoyed about it. What I also really enjoyed is that uh, I did not know that this movie was so satirical in its depiction of. Uh, Hollywood and Hollywood producers and all that. If you've seen Singing in the Rain, Singing in the Rain came out in 1952. And that's, you know, it's famous for being musical, but it's also so famous because I think it was really, well, I'm mistaken now, but I think it was, it's considered to be one of the first movies ever that really poked fun at Hollywood. But Sullivan's Travels kind of proves that theory wrong because it came out uh, 11 years before singing in the rain and it's very much the same so you know it opens up there's a really clever sequence uh what the hell was that oh i just got a text i'm sorry um it opens up and there's this big riveting train action sequence happening and you're like what the heck is this movie and then it turns out you know it's it's a sequence from a movie uh that the main character of this movie, uh, a director, is making. So it's a movie within a movie. Now, right away, like, you got to remember, this is 1941. That doesn't happen. I mean, it doesn't happen at all. So that's clever right off the bat, I think. And it gets right into the character. So the lead character of this movie, he's a director. His name is John L. Sullivan. He's played uh, very, very well by this actor named Joel McRae. McCrea? McCrea? I think it's McCrea. That's how you say it. I didn't really know this actor. Joel McCrea was really famous uh, for playing uh, a cowboy in all the Western movies, so this was kind of uh, a little different from his usual roles. But yeah, he plays Sullivan. uh, Sullivan is a film director. He's a young film director, and he's very... uh, He's tired of making silly comedies. He wants to make a movie that that is about uh i don't know how else to say it tramps yeah or as wikipedia calls it the downtrodden yeah wow all these words downtrodden i I mean it's it's amazing how language develops i mean now look at us we have what twerking that's like the new word of the century Ugh, jesus yeah but you know tramps now tramps in this case are uh it's 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 you know like poorer people people who don't really have full-time jobs people who sort of are a little bit like uh uh 
I don't know if it's the right word to use, but like gypsies in a way, you know, like they don't really stay in one place. They like to live their, they like to travel a lot and, and get whatever job they can. And, and, you know, that, that's what he wants. He wants to make a movie about them, but he doesn't, he really wants to learn more about it too. So he comes up, he devises this plan to pretend to be, uh, a tra- a tramp basically, and go and live, you know, go and experience what it's like to be poor, essentially, really. And that way he'll have the inspiration to make a movie about this. And, you know, he also mentions, this is a little nod years and years later, but he he wants this movie to be based on a book called A Brother Where Art Thou. A Brother Where Art Thou was actually later made into a movie by the Coen brothers in 2000, uh, also with George Clooney. George Clooney, wow, he's getting mentioned a lot in this episode. And I believe uh, the Coen brothers, one of them at least, said that Sullivan's Travels was was like a big inspiration for them uh, when they made that movie. But it's totally different. Oh, Brother Art Thou is a weird movie that's very loosely based on Homer's The Odyssey. Really good movie, though. I recommend it. But, you know, Sullivan, I think he's a good guy. He wants his film to accurately depict, quote-unquote, the sorrows of humanity. And there's even a, uh, a line that I kind of had to go, what? Because he says, he tells these producers, uh, I, he promises that there will be sex in it. <laughs> sex! Yeah. Crazy. Crazy. You know, that's the that's what I liked uh, already about this movie. Not the sex line. No, not that. But because, you know, already this, right off the bat, five minutes in, this is a movie that is is tackling Hollywood, you know, in a very comical way. Uh, and, and, you know, it, it, it's also like, I, I have to say, you know, in all of these old movies, the men, every man in these old movies, they all look the exact same. They all talk the exact same. They all dress the exact same. They're always white guys wearing these fancy suits and their pants are, their shirts are tucked in and their pants are so far high up their bodies. It's like an inch below their nipples. Like literally that's how high these pants are. They all look the, the exact same, you know? And, uh, yeah. And in this movie, they look no different. Uh, you know, his, uh, studio head, uh, Sullivan studio head is totally against this idea. His team is against the idea. They think it's stupid. They're like, just go make another comedy. But Sullivan is very, uh, curious. And he basically just says, no, I don't want to do it, but they won't let him off, off the hook about this. So, you know, cut to the next scene. Sullivan is dressed up, uh, as a, as a hobo basically, and legit looks like a Halloween costume. He looks like the scarecrow, but he's like walking with a, like a cane and, you know, his, his studio head and the people that work with him, they're following him in, in, in this bus as he's walking up the street and then he basically wants to get away from them. So he catches a ride with this 13 year old boy who looks like Macaulay Culkin, literally. And then the screwball comedy sets in the boy drives him off and they lead the bus into this big chase and everyone's falling in the bus and every, all the, in the kitchen of the bus, all the food's coming out and you know, it's crazy. And, he eventually gets away and, and, you know, he ends up at this, uh, little diner where he meets a very pretty, but, you know, very mysterious woman. And she is known simply as the girl, the girl, girl, girl. Did I say that right? I used to have a problem with my R's when I was a student, uh, in elementary school and I had to go to speech therapy. You want to know what my homework was? Stick your tongue out 
put a spoon in your mouth and say the alphabet. I am not kidding. That used to be my homework when I had the speech impediment. Anyway, I hope I said it right. Girl, squirrel was a worse word to say. I could never say that. But anyway, Sullivan meets the girl and she is this very sultry, sassy, uh, young, aspiring actress, but she keeps, she's not doing very well. She keeps failing. She's played by this actress named Veronica Lake, who was, uh, not surprisingly, very, uh, famous for her femme fatale roles back in the day. Joel McCrae and Veronica Lake actually didn't get along when they made this movie. Uh, I don't know why. But, you know, it happens. It's very sad because they have wonderful chemistry in this movie. And this isn't really like a love story, uh, which which is another reason why I like the movie. It could have easily gone down that route, but it doesn't. But they didn't get along. But you know what? Sometimes that just happens in movies. I couldn't find out exactly why they didn't get along. I don't know. Maybe they didn't trust each other. You know? Why didn't Charlize Theron and... Uh, no, sorry, I said it wrong. Why didn't Charlize Theron and uh, Max Fear... Or, no, Jesus, what am I talking about? Tom Hardy and Max... <laughs> Tom Hardy and Charlize Theron and Mad Max Fury Road, they didn't get along. Uh, and, you know, didn't ruin the movie. They had good chemistry. I think they released why they didn't get along, but, you know, it could have just been tabloid fodder. Is that what they call it? Tabloid fodder? Who knows? But anyway... He meets the girl, and he lies to the girl. He tells her he's a tramp, <laughs> and um, I cannot say that word without, like, shaking my head a little bit, because for the longest time, I thought tramp was a bad word. I thought tramp was a word for, like, a slut, basically, you know? But now I'm realizing how stupid that was, because, like, Charlie Chaplin, he was the, the tramp, right? Or was he the champ or the tramp? I don't know. I also just used to call trampolines tramps when I was like my whole childhood. Like I, it was, a, it was a tramp, you know, mom, I'm going to be outside. I'm jumping on the tramp. That's what I would always say. I had a French exchange student one time and our power went out in the middle of the afternoon. So we just jumped on the tramp for an hour and didn't talk. It was really awkward. Philippe, voulez-vous aller sauter sur le tramp? Okay, uh, back to the movie now. Uh, okay, so yes, he's a, he tells her that he's a tramp, and she believes him, and she's very intrigued by him, to say the least. And this, this you know, the girl is very, very uh, feisty, you know? There's, I think, one of my favorite lines she says in the movie to him is, buy me some ham and eggs before I bite you. Woof. I mean, am I right? Damn. Well, she feels for him, you know, she gets some breakfast, but then like very quickly she finds out that he's lying and he's actually this rich, you know, director and she gets mad. She pushes him in a pool. He pulls her in the pool. The butlers fall in the pool. Ah, it's all funny. And, you know, everybody gets wet. But, you know, she really likes what he is trying to do. And she decides to go along with him on this this journey to find out what it means to be, you know, a hobo, to find out what it means to be homeless. And she goes along with him. She she dresses up as a guy. They they dress up all dirty and, you know, they wear old clothes and they go and there's this nice sequence where they, you know, go where all the other, uh, I don't want to call them hobos because that sounds so mean, where all the other people, let's just call them people where all the other non-directors who aren't like Sullivan go. (laughs) And, um, you know, 
they go and and uh, they discover what it's like. They are all sleeping, huddled together with all these other people. It's dirty. There are like bed bugs and you know they they eventually make it back to Los Angeles and this is where something big happens. He confesses that he's married. And she's like, "Are you kidding me? You know, you lied to me again." And he's he's kind of like, "Well, I, we it's not real love though. We only got married so that our, we wouldn't have to pay as many taxes." <laughs> so it's kind of a you know, he, he's, he's a good guy, Sullivan, but you know, he's, he, I don't really think he understands, uh, morals and ethics that well. So she gets mad again, but you know, at the same time, he's a good guy. And the next scene, you know, that he really does care about what he's doing and he's handing out $5 bills to, to people in the streets and, uh, out of nowhere, this, uh, homeless guy, mugs him, you know, knocks him unconscious, hides him in a railway car, uh, steals his money. The guy gets hit by a train. Yeah. Did not see that one coming since Mean Girls came out. Like, out of nowhere, just gets hit by a train, and it's it's a funny shot. He gets, excuse me, I just burped, I'm sorry. He gets hit by a train, and then, you know, you see the train go by, and then you just see a shoe fall flat next to the train. Da-da-da. And so, uh, you know, they find uh, there, there's a miscommunication and people in Hollywood, they think that uh, he was the Sullivan was the guy that was hit by a train. So they think he's dead. Sullivan wakes up and has amnesia, doesn't know where he is. There's, a, you know, a railway driver guy kicks him out of the railway car and, and he gets mad and Sullivan hits him with a rock. And then Sullivan... <laughs> This happens so quickly. That's why I'm laughing. He goes to, um, on trial and he gets sent to, you know, jail basically. And he is now officially without a job, just like how he envisioned, but didn't envision, you know, exactly. This is now all reality and he's actually poor and he's no longer this big director. And nobody believes him when he says, no, I'm this director. They don't believe him at all. So Sullivan, uh, you know, is sentenced to work. In a, uh, I wouldn't, I don't even know what you would call it. It's kind of just like a work camp, you know. So he has to go out. Uh, it's you know, uh, go out in the swamps and cut down trees and whatnot. And you know, uh, he does that. Uh, it's a lot of excuses for Joel McRae to take his shirt off too, which you know, another kind of sultry thing about this movie. But he does that. Uh, the, the end, near the end of the movie, there, there's one of the most remarkable scenes in the movie that I'm still thinking about. So he and the other uh, prisoners, I guess that's what you'd call them, you know, they go to this uh, Baptist church, an, an all-black Baptist church, and the, ba- the, the members in the church, you know, they're all black, and they start singing, uh, Let My People Go. And as they're singing this, Sullivan and all of the men walk into the church, chained up, ankle to ankle, you know, wrist to wrist, walk in row by row, chained up, while black people are singing, let my people go. I mean, it's crazy. The irony that they do there in that scene is so ingenious. And it's such a beautiful scene because it just like humanizes these black people so well, these black people, they give these men, you know, a moment of, 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 a of a home basically, you know, and what they do is they play this Mickey Mouse. Uh, I think it was Mickey Mouse. Yeah. Or no, it was 
playful Pluto. That that that's what the cartoon was. They play that for these men, and everyone is laughing their butts off. And Sullivan kind of looks around and realizes, you know, look, this is this situation I'm in is so bad, but look at these beautiful people that are offering this experience for me. And he just starts to laugh with them. And um, wow, what a sequence. I have to say too, you know, I did research on this movie and the NAACP, they loved uh, Preston Sturges for his depiction of uh, African-Americans in this movie. Because I got to tell you, uh, you watch a lot of old movies, black people are treated like crap. They are objectified, and it's so sad. It's so hard to watch. But in this movie, like, it, it is uh, remarkable how, honestly, he, he portrays these people. He portrays them as people, which is what they are. It's what they've always been. And it's just such a beautiful sequence. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm gushing about that sequence. That sequence, I, I it just it, it sent shivers down my back. It's just one of the most beautiful moments I've seen in a movie in a long time. And I've seen a lot of movies. I just want to read this quote too that uh, Walter White, who was the secretary of the N- secretary of the NAACP, uh, he actually wrote this to Preston after seeing the movie. He said, I want to congratulate and thank you for the church sequence in Sullivan's Travels. This is one of the most moving scenes I have seen in a moving picture for a long time. But I am particularly grateful to you, as are a number of my friends, both white and colored, for the dignified and decent treatment of I'm not going to say the word, the N-word, in this scene. I was in Hollywood recently and am to return there soon for conferences with production heads, writers, directors, and actors and actresses in an effort to induce broader and more decent picturization of the neuter instead of limiting him to menial, 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 I never use that word, or comic roles. Yeah, good. The sequence in Sullivan's Travels is a step in that direction. I want you to know how grateful we are. Oh, Walter White, you said that perfectly. (sighs) I just love that scene. Best part of the movie, honestly. So how does this movie end? Well, Sullivan uh, comes up with this great idea that he kind of should have thought up of all along, but he's Sullivan. He's not perfect. He decides to go to his boss and say, I'm the one who killed, uh, you know, Sullivan. It's me. I killed him. Because if he says that, then he'll get sent to another prison where they'll see, oh my God, wait, he's actually the Sullivan guy. Sullivan never died. What's, you know, so it's a little like, (laughs) uh, uh, what's the word? Believable. I don't totally know, but, um, you know, it works in a way. And it's very funny. And, you know, he gets out of the work camp and he is reignited with the girl and everyone's all happy that he survived. And, you know, he he ends up, the movie ends on a beautiful note too, because it, it ends with him kind of looking back at everything that he's learned. Now he's learned what it feels like to to live in poverty, you know, and, and he basically says, I don't want to make, you know, any more serious, I, I don't want to make serious movies. You know, I, he wants to continue to make comedies. He doesn't want to make a movie about, um, what it's like to be a tramp anymore. He wants to continue to make comedies because laughing and being happy, that's, you know, the most joyful thing we can all have, uh, and all do, all have and, and do and see. And it's all that we need on this planet. Because life is hard. 
And that, my friends, is Sullivan's Travels. I loved it. I love feel-good movies, and this one was so feel-good. Uh, I loved Veronica Lake in it. Don't, I don't really recognize her in other movies. And you know, the poster for this movie is so misleading. The poster for it, it's like her... It's like a car. It's like a, a port. It's like a uh, what is it? Like a cartoon of her, uh, a, a drawing, not a cartoon. I'm sorry, it's late. It's a drawing of her, and it makes the movie look like a sexy, like like noir movie. And it's like, come and see this movie, baby. You know, and it's like, she acts like that a little bit in the movie, but it's not like that at all, uh, at all. It's it's a shame when movie posters, you know, are so. Uh, off-brand and not right not accurate at all in depicting what the movie's about but she's great in it she was also pregnant when they filmed this which i did not know six to eight months pregnant damn and she gets pulled into a pool i really hope that that was a body double because yeah well it had to have been because she had a baby after this was filmed but you know uh this this is an underrated gem and uh, i really liked it i love the message that it says and it did make me laugh out loud, you know. A lot of old movies, sometimes I'll, like, roll my eyes because I'm like, oh, ha-ha. But this one, you know, is pretty good. I will say, though, Joel McRae, you know, he does a great job in this. He is a horrible sneezer, though. He's a horrible actor at sneezing, fake sneezing. He sneezes like a dog barking. I'm not even going to do it because I'm going to blow out this mic if I do it. But, yeah, when you watch the movie, I mean, it's it's quite uh, ridiculous. <laughs> but, um. Yeah, he's a bark sneezer. He's a bark sneezer. If you want to see someone sneeze in a very realistic way, go watch Kate Beckinsale on uh, Ellen from an interview in the 2000s, I think. She sneezes so well. I don't know how she does it. But look, Joel McRae's bad sneezing. That does not ruin this movie at all. This is a happy movie. I really loved it, and I think that you will too. And on that note, friends... I'm going to go get some sleep because I've been talking for, I think this is my longest episode yet. Wow. Yes. I can't think of anything clever to say. YOLO. If you know, you know, I, whenever I see people use that acronym, I have no idea what the hell they're saying. I always have to Google. What does mean? If you know, you know, I never even use that phrase. I don't use a lot of phrases. I say that a lot. That I don't use a lot of phrases. Okie dokie. I'm going to let you all go. I hope you enjoyed this episode of I'm reviewing here. Don't forget to click and subscribe, rate it, review it, tell everyone about it. It's new. It's fun. I love doing it. And I love talking with you all. I hope you enjoy me and that I don't annoy you too much. And if I do annoy you, good. I'm going to annoy you more in the next episode. So shut up. Nah, just kidding. You know what? I'm going to end this in the same way that Sullivan feels. And that is, I can't remember. Have a good night. Bye-bye.